life might hand you budgets, schedules, family, and responsibility. But driving shouldn't be just another chore. We're here to help you find a car you love. Something that fits your budget and your needs, but is fun to drive and makes you look back. I'm Todd. I'm Paul. And this is the Everyday Driver Car to Be. In case you haven't heard, we are raffling off Spot the Mini. It's pretty cool. People are actually responding to it's this. It's cool. It's going great and already. I'm yeah. seeing a lot of raffle tickets being sold, which is pretty yeah, crazy. I mean, th- honestly, it has been up for just this week. If you heard Tuesday's podcast, yeah. hello, happy Thursday. Going Actually, happy Friday. Happy Friday. We're, We're recording, recording Thursday. Yeah. So happy Friday. Uh, just on Tuesday's podcast, we talked about the fact that the raffle has gone live. Uh, we are, we're going to keep you informed, but we are actually for only having it up a couple days so far, we're about a third of the way there. And people Pretty have cool. asked some questions behind the scenes that haven't bought tickets. Many of you have bought tickets. We're trying to line this up so that the raffle ends a couple weeks before our Utah meetup in October. Right, right. So maybe if you're coming out to the meetup, you can drive your own car, and it's the mini. I don't know, <laughs> I don't know how this is going to work. a plane ticket? Is that what you're saying? Unless you're driving out to the sh- to I don't, the I don't know how Utah this is going to work. So there, there, that uh. mini raffle is happening. You can go to our website, everydaydriver.com. You can find a, a, you can click on the link right there and go and, and deal with the raffle. Tickets are only 10 bucks. All the details are on there. You get five tickets for $60, which is good math. Pretty cool. So, uh, pardon me, six tickets for $50. Yeah, I did it wrong. Right. Did it wrong. It's we the, charge it, you more. The, the equation works in your favor is what I'm trying to say. give you less. But, Wait, yeah, what? my math is terrible. So, all of that, all of that is going on. Uh, on this podcast, guess what? We are doing car debates. We have two coming up. Yeah, we do. Both of them relate to the Chevy SS. It's pretty cool. We've got Tony C. in Jacksonville, Florida. He's asking how to get his wife to think out of the box, sort mm-hmm. of get into this new strain of thinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got something cool. He's got a Chevy SS. Mm -hmm. His wife has liked it, but she is really wanting something more. And it seems like she's a little bit pinballing around the kinds of options and features that she wants in a car because Mm -hmm. she'll ride in this and then Tony will tell her this feature or tell her that kind of story behind the car. Well, then I'm liking that. So I I hope to offer some things to straighten. Whatever the the new car is, is the thing she's excited about. So we'll talk about that. We also have uh, Peter coming up. That'll be after the break. He also has a Chevy SS, but they are shopping for, how do I put this? This is the, the car for the cabin, the car you see now and then. The, it's the extra, extra car. The car for the vacation home. It is. It, it, but it's the car that, and I feel like if you have a ranch or a vacation home or any of those kind of things, you have that vehicle. The one that just yeah, kind of sits yeah. there as the, if you need it, here it is, that lives at that house and doesn't get much traffic. So we're we're talking about that car as well. And of course, I know you're not surprised. There will be many, 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 I always say it, many, <laughs> many questions at the end. A lot of them are great. I'm looking yeah, forward yeah. to that. So that is all coming up. We already covered the raffle. Raffle's good. We've We're, got a lot of show business here. We, uh, we have the meetup first weekend of October. Many of you guys are coming to that. It actually is interesting to watch how we're looking at the numbers on this side. Thank you for filling out the registration form, which just tells us who's coming to what. It's interesting to watch how the numbers are shaping up. We've got a good number of people coming for the mountain bike, but that yet by the time we get to road tour day, it's like triple the trip. There's like triple Nutty. as many people as are starting on the mountain biking things. So you can come to whatever you want. Come to Utah. It'll be early October. The leaves will be great. It's not the reason to come, but it's just going to be nice to be here. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, we've got uh, this, the episode six coming your way this Saturday, tomorrow, tomorrow morning. Yes. On Velocity. This is the Moab trip. We talked about this it's new very fun. Wrangler Rubicon, yeah. brand new Jeep, and we took it. It was actually hanging out at the Easter Jeep Safari. Uh-huh. FCA called and said, hey, would you like it? Because they realized we're right in Park City. We totally. drove it four hours back to the south, back to Moab, 
and went rock crawling genuinely. Yeah, yeah. It's less about the Jeep, even though it is about the new Jeep. But it's our adventure episode. What did we do with it is yeah. the entire point. So and very it's different. For also us. funny because if you've seen our pilgrimage film where we go to Germany and we just kind of experience and you're there with us, you're just kind yeah. of sitting on our shoulder and going, how do these guys experience? It's that kind of style. It's you and me and Chance <laughs> and my son. Yeah, which your is, son was which in the backseat. Which is a motley Todd's crew. And, uh, and we just, we have so much fun. He, he did talk a lot, which was... He always does. Great. He always does. But he was very respectful while we were putting commentary down on yes. camera. And it was a lot of fun to have him in the back seat. And, yes. And just know that he was game for whatever yeah. we did. Yeah, yeah, Because yeah. he trusts us, obviously. Mm-hmm. But he's just, you know... Yeah. Dad and Uncle Paul are and taking me for Let's try this. See what let's, happens. Let's you know. do this. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was very cool. So what we've got here is a lot of questions about people asking, when is the... Uh, the season, the episodes, when are they going to drop on Amazon Prime oh, yeah, yeah. and Vimeo? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And good mm-hmm. news, we have posted episodes one and two on Amazon Prime. You should be able to get those mm-hmm. as of right now, as of this recording when you you're hearing be able this, to, yes. available on Friday. We are monitoring that, and we're thinking that that will correspond, that will go through. It'll be available on both both Vimeo and Amazon. When those links we know for certain are live, they should be live by the time you're hearing this, that when we know for certain they're live, we will double them up on all of our social mm-hmm. media so yeah. you can also have a confirmation there. But uh, this is season three on Amazon. Now, I, I will tell you something else. We keep learning about our Amazon connections. We keep learning right, things. Right. Two things we learned. We wanted to do a weekly time drop of this season on Amazon. We're going to do that on Vimeo. Uh, we wanted to have an episode a week. We discovered that uh, we can't really time drop them like we'd like with our Amazon connection, Not which is a little exactly, bit annoying. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So we're, we're going to load roughly one a week, but we're starting with two right out of the gate. So it's episode one, which is the electrics and the Kia and BMW episode, right. the alternative episode. Those are the two that are dropping immediately, and then we will follow kind of one a week. Uh, so that will happen. But then also we won't have a buy season option available instantly because in order to make the buy season option available, you have to have all the season, all, all of the season uploaded. Well, you have to have at least three for Amazon to claim that as a season. You have to have three uploaded yes. and available for them to claim the buy season button is now turned on. Yes. So theoretically, Amazon should apply any purchases that you make towards the season. Yes. We're also watching that. That should happen. But to make it worse, you have to have the in all of the episodes. Amazon has to have them all uploaded and ready to go and available in order for you to, to kind of say season's over and a buy season button appears. So we, we have to wait a little bit. We're learning all this stuff. Mm-hmm. They are coming yeah. out. Amazon should back apply your, your purchases anyway. That's been my experience. Because they, they reduce the cost. You want to buy the whole yeah, season, course, they reduce the cost. But yeah, again, we haven't found anyway, a way to time drop, time it's, bomb those. It's, it's all just navig- Clearly, we're not Grand Tour. We aren't an Amazon-owned <laughs> show. Maybe we will be. But we are not an Amazon-owned we'll show, so yeah. we'll see where all this goes. It's all a learning curve for us. But what I'm excited about is those of you that don't watch cable, don't have Velocity, are going to be able to start seeing episode one and this season this weekend, while it while it closes on wow. velocity, it yeah. opens everywhere else. Six I'm just excited on velocity. to hear First about ones. people's yeah. thoughts on this. Yeah, this will be cool. Well, thanks to our presenting sponsors. You've heard this before. We couldn't do it without these guys. Honestly, mm-hmm. Covercraft, Griot's Garage, Auto Tempest, and Brush Hero. Thanks to all four of those companies that are making it happen. And if you use the code every day mm-hmm. for both Covercraft and Griot's Garage, Covercraft's going to give you free shipping. Yep. 
Griot's Garage is going to give you 10% off your order. People are doing this, and they are responding. We're seeing that, as yeah, a matter of fact, yeah, yeah. because they see the code every day when you get to your uh-huh. purchase before you hit the button. That's when the code is applied. Every day is the code. Yep. And then they see those analytics on their end and know that people are hearing this. They're mm-hmm. seeing it. That's how it all works. Thank you to, the, to our sponsors. Absolutely. And on the Covercraft end of things, personal side note, I was driving the Mini today. Yes, the same Mini. I noticed you. The same uh, you Mini that we're Mini. same Mini that we're raffling. That, that Mini. somebody will win. Just making Hopefully. sure that everything's just working because I haven't driven in a while. I've, I've been driving the Lotus a lot, so well, I'm not complaining. It Don't is hot wrong. here. So I, I I drove the Mini today. Yeah, and I parked it and put up the sunshade. Okay, the Covercraft sunshade that, that's cut for the window and everything looks right, great. Right, right. I actually tweeted about it or Instagrammed about yeah, it today. I saw that. When I peeled that off of the windshield, I'm not kidding you. <laughs> it was so hot it burned my hand. Did it really? That is how hot it was outside and how much it defended the interior of the car. That's crazy. Couldn't believe it. I so love I, these things. I have become a huge believer. My wife's become a huge believer. I never thought I'd be like, where's the sunshade? But I am every time I park <laughs> now. It's awesome. It sounds funny because you whack your passenger in the head with it trying to get in. You, sorry, sorry. Just let me. It'll be worth it. I promise. Me, when we get back in later, we will all be very <laughs> thankful that like this occurred. This. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> All right, so yeah, the, the sponsors, and uh, if you've got questions about the Utah Meetup or the Mini Raffle, mm-hmm. that is on the website, everydaydriver.com. Yeah, that's true. All that's the true. information, mm-hmm. all the links are on there. You can also contact us for the car debate. Mm-hmm. We will get to that in just a little bit. But there's a piece of news. There's actually two okay. about both of our favorite brands yes. that have come down mm-hmm. the pike recently as of today. The first of which is the Cayman GT4 Club Sport Rally yeah. that popped up, and mm-hmm. I... Almost had a conniption fit Not looking surprised. at this car. Just just thinking that Porsche would even deign to build this car and possibly <laughs> offer it excited me beyond belief it's okay. not road le- legal they're essentially taking a cayman gt4 club sport mm-hmm. which is their non-road legal track car yeah. of the gt4 yeah. cayman and rothman's rallyizing they're turning into an off-road this is what rally you car really want to have as your winter car isn't it i imagined a ski rack oh no and a wrap of some sort and <laughs> i'd be done <laughs> i know you would be because it it's still a cayman yeah. You put the right wheels and tires on it. Of it's course. still a Cayman for is, racing yeah. and driving. Mm-hmm. And then you keep driving it to the ski resort. We've got it right here. I still Porsche, say... Porsche, if you're listening, you've built the right car. That is the car. It's the right car for Utah. It's the right car for rallying. I is mean, it, there's a lot of states. It's is the it right going to be road legal, though? Is it going to be... They have said it's okay. not road legal, yeah. unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, I still think you get yourself a cheap 928 and you have yourself a fantastic winter. I, I'm standing on that. I really like that, as a matter of I fact. I'm do. trying to... Continually look at the budget and figure out ways to do that. It I might know. happen, but there's other things that are intervening, like <laughs> house-related things. You know how that goes. As it happens, absolutely As true. soon as you yeah. start picking a piece of tile in the bathroom. Don't do that. Bathroom remodel. Never do that. Don't, do, don't ever, don't ever yeah. pick at the edge of something. And, That's And, you know, terrible. when people have said, hey, I want to go to the pilgrimage strip on you, but we're redoing our kitchen. Yeah. We'll see you in a few yeah. years. Yeah. <laughs> we know. It, it happens. It does happen. So the club sport rally is just, it is... Oh, it's leaning hard on me. I <laughs> cars just the fact that you don't need Porsche built the thing and is just toying with the idea right yeah, now, and yeah. maybe they'll build I see a that. few. I see that. Yeah. Holy cow! I I'm in love with this car. It's it's the perfect Cayman. <laughs> is it not? I I I'm not really about it like you are, uh, but I see why you like it. I'm I all over that I, thing. You like it. The, your your other piece of news you're wanting to talk about is the Lotus news, and I'm trying to find yes. this question. Is it where is it? Is it on? Uh, 
Facebook, I think it's on Facebook here, the question where there's where somebody was asking about what is the logic of this. But essentially, yeah, right. Geely, who is now the parent company of Lotus, is talking about making a, what is it, a $1.8 billion investment in We're the Lotus company? We're going to dump some money into Lotus. Yes. People have talked yes. about this for years, mm-hmm. by the way. Yes, and Lotus has always had this problem. And Lotus always has their hands out and says, great idea, we'll take your money. Totally, totally. So, But the question is, the que- and I'm sorry I don't have your name in front of me, but the question is... Oh, this is Hal B., our, our friend. Oh, Hal. is that who it is? Okay, yeah, great, yeah. perfect. So anyway, so Hal, you're asking the question about what what the heck is this about? What Why does this make sense? Here's where I think this is interesting. I think it's interesting on two reasons. Forget that I like Lotus for a second. Just think about it from a business perspective. What, look at what we all wondered when Geely bought Volvo. Mm-hmm. What are they going to do? What they did is they gave Volvo money and said, go do what you do well. You don't see the influence or feel the influence. They're still very Scandinavian-led and designed mm-hmm. and built all of that stuff. So you don't feel the influence like we thought that they would have. Yes. So it's not it, – it didn't become – as much as it is a, on one level, Chinese car company now, it doesn't feel anything like a Chinese car company as far as the product that they're making. This no, is the kind of investment that yeah. Lotus needs. Why – Hal's asking why, and I have it here now in front of me. Thank you. Why is Geely thinking this is a good idea with Lotus? Here's my thinking. And forget that I like them for a second because I hope they make brilliant cars with this money. Mm-hmm. I think Geely is seeing in Lotus what Volkswagen saw in Lamborghini. Okay. They're seeing a storied name, a name that makes cars that have stirred people styling-wise and racing-wise and driving-wise. But it's a shambles as far as consistent income and therefore consistent quality in car sales. When they're almost a consulting firm. You need handling work done. You need engines built. Yeah, for sure. You know, they're almost an automotive consulting firm before they're an automotive manufacturer. At this point, yes. So, but here's crazy to think about. Lamborghini was in that weird spot before it became a Volkswagen company. I mean, owned by all kinds of people. They had engines from here and parts from from Malaysia. Exactly. They were all over. They couldn't get anybody to kind of give them a safe place of a lot of money and ability for. Look, think about parts sharing between Volvo and Lotus. Let's do that, you know. Yeah. But, but even yeah. if even without that, even without that, Lotus having a solid financial base, you can take a storied brand like have Lamborghini is more successful than they've ever been. They've they been are. far more successful they under are. Volkswagen than they As ever were. As a matter of fact, they built more cars than ever. They're yes. So this is what yeah. I think is possible, and this is what I think Geely sees in Lotus is that that Lamborghini resurrection, if you will, or or validation is possible with Lotus. Mm -hmm. And with Lotus, you get almost Ferrari-quality history. Almost. Interesting. I mean, yeah, racing Mm -hmm. history and lineage. Lamborghini is known as the Countach and the Muras and the Wow, I'm Excited, which is what Countach means. But uh, they're known for that, but they're not really (laughs) known as a racing history brand, okay? Whereas Lotus is. Very much so. So I think if you could make Lotus into a Lamborghini-style company, you really have something there. And that's what I'm hoping this money's for. And that's why I think they're putting that level of money in. Let's hope it's real and let's hope it matters. Well, to your point, think about how many brands Volkswagen owns mm-hmm. that feel like individual car companies? Mm-hmm. An Audi doesn't really feel like a 911. Uh, they're they're true. still true, they true. still have yeah. their personalities. Let's mm-hmm. say, uh, you know, even at the high end, the Audi, Lamborghini, and Porsche Bugattis, still feel like you know, Audi, Lamborghini, and Porsche. They You're do right. yeah. very much stuff. Even though you think, wow, they're all the parent company, and yeah, mm-hmm. you could do the parts bin sharing 
mindset you can trace that, that for sure. Maserati falls into. Well, that's the thing. Like I think crazy. I think they're lesser brands. The Seats, the Volkswagens, the those kind of things. Those feel very related they do. to me. And Lamborghini has used some switchgear sure. and parts of been course. stuff in the past. Of but course. I like that the money is there to let each car company thrive and mm-hmm. become mm-hmm. and define their brands, become what they are as yeah, far as yeah, the brands yeah. they've de- been defined by history and, mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. And so I do see for that same reason, Geely may be looking at that model. It's successful with Volvo. They can yeah. do with Lotus, but that means you realize a Lotus SUV is probably in the product plans. I'm sure that it is. I'm it's sure that got it is. to be if they're going to be competitive. And they're I read, dump that kind of money in. I read somewhere the theory was, what if you took, and I actually like this theory, what if you took the new Volvo XC40 uh-huh. Bones uh-huh. and made a Lotus SUV from that. Like use that platform and engine and build up from there. I would love to see that. That's the right size. Heck, you know, the, the Audi Q5, the mm-hmm. Macans. It's the, the Macan fighter from Lotus. Know, that kind of thing. As much as, look, I could be a no, don't touch the sports car brand. I watch the fact that that makes sports car brands live. Okay. Porsche is a perfect example Porsche, of that. Was the, the 911 was not selling. In Porsche was the pioneer of it. So let's 90s. just embrace the fact that every, not enough people want SUVs, that they can become the cash cow, mm-hmm. yeah. and that keeps the little sports cars on the road. Let's get the, I mean, the Lotus that, the Lotus that is being sold brand new now, the Lotus Elise that's being sold brand new now, right, right. is a variation of a chassis that's existed since the early 90s. Yeah, yeah. I, I love it, and I love mine. But folks, let's do an all new Elise. Can we? Can we? Can we be just crazy and do an all new? I Elise? still want to see a new Esprit. I do too. Oh, I do too. Yeah, yeah. That could be a flagship, right yeah, there, for sure. I for mean, sure. that's the Halo car. That's up against mm-hmm. Audi R8s, and mm-hmm. you name it. It needs to be that price point. It needs to be under two hundred grand. Yeah, yeah. But playing with all those guys, especially with the upcoming mid-engine Vet. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. Let, let's play in this one hundred and fifty. NSX is yes. a great. Hundred fifty to two hundred thousand dollar range. Mm-hmm. Let's get a Lotus Esprit in there and come to play. Oh, that'd be Love hot. It. Love it. Plus, you know, if they buy the track out here, UMC, then there might be a Lotus Driving School. Let's do all of that. Lotus Driving Academy. I have a Lotus. Can I come? <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're jumping to the debate with Tony here in uh, Florida. Yeah. He's written to us uh, to get his wife to think out of the box. He says mm-hmm. because she drove his Chevy SS. And now she's hung up on wanting another SS, <laughs> which he said flat out, no, I'm not buying another SS because we you. already have one. Good for you. And he's even offered to give his car to her and, and say, I'll take your 2013 Toyota Venza. Are you sure you want to go that far, Tony? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, a, that's a sacrifice. That's not even close to a lateral move, no, my friend. No, that's, that's, that's really taking one for the team. Yeah, right yeah there. it is. Yeah. Although it could be great for the marriage and your relationship. Maybe. But, you know, he's saying until it's paid off, mm-hmm. then he'll get something else. He was hoping to swap for an Elise, interestingly, <laughs> but she's not having any of that. So what she did here is when he said no SS... She went to the local CarMax by herself mm-hmm. and found a few things and started, Just started driving around. stuff. Yeah. Yep. She found a Lexus RC350. Very cool. And a GS350 that she liked. Less cool. <laughs> less, less of the cool there. She wouldn't look at anything German, Ford, or overly what he describes as techie looking, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which I'm having trouble figuring what that means. But I think it's probably more modern. Lots of, you know, put the pencil down, stop drawing. Possibly. We yeah. don't need extra lines on the car. 
But she is looking at newer Lexus interiors. Mm -hmm. And then he took her back and made her sit in a C250 Sport, an Audi A6, and then said, hey, look at the Ford. I like that we're relating design cues. Mm -hmm. And again, it comes back to my discussion about every designer at all the other car companies are consuming the same content. They're reading the same magazines. They're They're looking at the new... They are looking at everything. I just read that GM executives took the Ford plant tour to f- find out what Ford is doing with aluminum in their F-150. <laughs> it's the same when I was in high school. All the Budweiser employees went to the Coors factory and you know heckled the Coors employees because that is that's funny. what you do. Perfect, yeah. So everybody's looking at everybody else. And so Tony applied that here and said, all right, look at these design touches that you like over here. Ford's using that from Range Rover. Yeah. And yeah, then yeah. you know just helping you appreciate proportion and what attracts you to the car. Mm-hmm. She even thought the Fiat Abarth <laughs> that he was looking at like, eh, maybe a little fun yeah, car. Have a Bart. She Look thought that. that was like, nah, I'm not considering that. And then you said, Italian designed. And then she looked inside. Just and... don't get the Gucci version. Seriously, <laughs> stop it. Don't do that. Well, but yeah, yeah. I agree. Yeah, and yeah. now she's hopping in a 500X. Take her to Jeep. Don't show her don't the Don't get 500X. a 500X. No, oh, no, no, no. That's, that's all bad. But then I love that you showed her a newer BMW N4 that she loved, especially when she said, well, is it faster than the SS? <laughs> yeah, honey, it is, actually. frame of reference now. <laughs> uh, but, but way out of their budget, though. Way out of their right. budget. Uh, although I like that you're, hey, let me show you totally. something faster. Totally. Here's something to aspire to. So, but, but here's the thing I think is fascinating, is that the whole reason that his wife has this Venza, that let's be honest, she decided she didn't like the minute she wrote Venza. the SS. I don't even like yeah, the name. I agree. No offense, Tony. Is because she was looking for a car. She kind of wanted a Toyota FJ, and she rode in her friend's Venza and went, no, I should get one of these. So... His question here is, how do I focus my wife and get her into a car she'll really like? This is interesting. This isn't even really a question. It's, <laughs> it's kind of an off-base off car debate because it's not like there's a budget and we're going to pick a car. At least I'm not. But it's a question about how do I navigate this? And, and I want to equate it to, to this, Tony, and I hope it helps. Your wife with cars is at that place that happens when anybody gets excited about something for the first time. And kids are the best example of this. Yeah, true, true. Kids went from, I don't like this at all, to I've discovered I like this, and now I'm all about it. And then tomorrow... For the next 10 minutes. Yeah, and then tomorrow they bump into something else, and they're all about that. Set your watch. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, maybe it's tomorrow. Only if they went to bed, like, right after they discovered <laughs> right. the first thing. Anyway, so... Pizza. I love pizza. Hot dogs. There's pie. Yeah, exactly. So, I didn't know there was pie. There's all of this. So this is kind of what you're dealing with with your wife, which is actually, it's kind of exciting, but I understand that it's also exhausting, as it is with, with children. Right. So, so right. the thing that we've really got to figure out here, Tony, is you have to help her navigate what's important, because what's important is different than what's interesting and shiny and cool. Mm-hmm. We've got to figure out what's important, because honestly, this is the whole reason... One of the things you and I discover about this show when we drive cars all the time, we can get into any car and be like, huh, that's really cool. I'm, I'm, and I mean anything. Sure. Minivans, Priuses. Find the coolness the, of The stuff that well, we I don't, don't like. Prius I know, you, I know you're not going to go with me on Prius, you but, mentioned but Prius seriously. You mentioned Prius, thinking no. We can get in pretty much any car and be like, that's an interesting little whatever. Mm-hmm. Okay? It doesn't mean I want one. Right. But, right. but there are hopefully something somewhat interesting, or that's a surprise, about any car you can imagine. 
But you and I both like have— Like drum brakes in the first-generation Prius? There you go. But you and I both have specific <laughs> proclivities. That hasn't happened in a while. <laughs> exactly. Sp- specific things we like in a car that even though we like that w- random thing about the Prius or the minivan or whatever, we're not buying one because we're more interested in filling the blank. If you listen to the podcast for a while, you probably are filling in the blanks. <laughs> True. So, so this is what I want to help you find with your wife, Tony. And the biggest thing I'm going to say is she needs to drive a lot of stuff with you and then you guys need to sit down and she needs to actually try to verbalize and it may take a while what she liked i want uh, with every, i go, go to carmax let's do this let's go to carmax one day mm-hmm. yeah and the only cars that are in consideration in this conversation are things she actually drives nothing she climbs in counts mm. like that you like can climb that. into all kinds of stuff and of find course. oh look what that i like the way they did that whatever don't care only things she drives Drive six or eight things. I don't care. Just a range of things. Could be things she's already driven. I actually really like the RC350 for her. I think that's a really good choice. Yeah, it is. It is. Drive a bunch of stuff and then sit down together and have her talk about what she liked about each car and what she disliked about each car. Get a pro and con from everything she drove. It doesn't have to be a spreadsheet format. You can no. just leave it as a loose conversation. Have a conversation about yeah. it. Yeah. But out of there, I suspect you're going to both find patterns. Sure. Oh, you seem to like this about interiors. You seem to like this about dynamics. It sounds like she wants something powerful, first and foremost. This SS and the M4. She wants (laughs) something with some power. Right. Okay, that seems pretty clear. But the SS and M4, a commonality of both of those is they're large sedans with a lot of power and not overly busy interiors. Yeah. Yeah. That's the trend I see already. So I find that fascinating. So this is what this is my big homework for you. And I've got some other things to come back to. But the biggest thing is drive a bunch of things together. Sit down and have her tell you, I like this and I dislike this about each car she drove. Search for a pattern mm-hmm. and then yeah. shop to the pattern. That's interesting. I want to expound on this a little more because I, I'm noticing a place that we're in as far as cars. It's It's crept into car sales. And by the way, Tony, you're a salesman now. You just happen to be on the inside sales team, right? Absolutely. That's really good. Cars are sold by uh, a feature or oh yeah, just because of a, a trait about the car. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And my question to you, Tony, was the Venza just different and that's why she liked it? Yeah. And I'll give you an example. Yeah, yeah. The Honda Odyssey can be had with a built-in vacuum cleaner. It's called the Honda Vac. I'm guessing the marketing people didn't spend a whole lot of time on that name. Yeah, that was done before they had coffee. It's an option. You can get it on the high end. The Odyssey's, it's got a built-in vacuum cleaner. Mm-hmm. I'll bet you that feature alone has sold more Odysseys than the dynamics or usefulness mm-hmm. or style of that Odyssey. I know a family that bought one because of that feature. That's my point. Teslas mm-hmm. are being sold solely on the merit of... You can make your iPhone on the dash fly into the back seat and hit somebody in the head. Have it's you so seen quick. our zero to sixty? Yeah, it's yeah. just based on flat out acceleration, which is a great party trick. But your friends are going to start to barf and not <laughs> going to have any more we've fun. We've known people that like, want to get out because it started to get. Couldn't sick. you stop doing that? Yeah. Can we just drive normally? I like yeah. your car and everything, but you don't have to keep doing the ludicrous mode, the yeah. launch control. <laughs> so then I come to you and I have talked about editing a film, and yeah. you could edit either one of us. In to, to have an opinion about a car, even though that's not where you're saying, you could pull selects and clips and kind of steer the I commentary could, to could. make it seem like I liked that car more, you liked that less, or mm-hmm. something like that. And you could kind of steer that by you telling 
your wife the things that she might want to hear, like, you know, you're swaying a decision one way or the other. You mentioned, you know, Italian design. Oh, well, she kind of liked it more like that. And she's yeah. probably listening. Hello, yeah. Tony's wife. I'm just saying everybody is subject to that. Mm-hmm. I'm subject. Welcome to marketing 101. Yeah. You tell yeah, me yeah. what I want to hear, but does that have the long-term holding power? And that's where, as Todd mm-hmm. said, you start mm-hmm. to develop and identify these patterns. So what I think you need to do, Tony, is learn to speak fashion. Interesting. Okay. What is her closet turnover like? Oh, that's is an this question. any indication about her proclivities like shoes, clothes, handbags, hats? Is it like the trendy styles mm, or is okay. it classic styles? The next piece of clothing that wow, she buys right. works with everything else in her closet. Is it more like the funky, spicy, the random pieces, crazy shoes, or is it the elegant, classy, you know, style and Interesting. Future purchases. Interesting. She's always thinking about, okay, well, I've got this in my closet, and that will work with that, and I like that. I'm kind of matching outfits. This is quite quite intensive for me. Guys well have done. tan pants. For the rest of time, we have tan pants. <laughs> Blue jeans, tan pants. Hmm. I mean, Wearing jeans today. It's a generalization. Done. You're right. You're right. You get yeah. that. I mean, I have jeans and t shirt. Done. We got yes. tan pants for mm-hmm. the rest of time. Yeah. Whatever that is, tan pants will always be made for guys. <laughs> Man wear blue jeans and sneakers. <laughs> Man wear t-shirt. Man go to dinner now. <laughs> it has yeah. nothing to You're do right. with that. You're right. I'm just, I'm trying to get at, you know, identifying patterns and why does she like something and, you okay. know, suddenly attracted right. to it. But is it a trendy shoe that might, like in 10 minutes, like, yeah, I don't like those boots anymore. They were cool because I like the picture and I like the lighting. But I guess I don't really like those boots. And I'm yeah. on to the next handbag. Maybe. Or is it, Maybe. you know what? I'm thinking about adding this piece. It's a little more expensive, but I'm going to wear it for the next five, ten years, because it'll go with everything for the mm-hmm. rest of everything else is in my closet. It wow, sounds okay. strange. All right, I see where you're going. But this, this is... is why cars are a fashion item, and Harley Earl, the first color yeah, trim yeah, yeah. lead of General Motors, identified that in cars. Mm-hmm. And that's why cars sell, because of all those things that she's touching on. Mm-hmm. So then what appeals? You've got to find those patterns. To- totally. And I have two other things to bounce. I love that. I-, I love how intensive you went with that. I love that. That's great. Uh, <laughs> it's I- all about I fashion. Two- I have two Cars other are things. Fashion You're absolutely object. right. You're absolutely right. They are they are a massively large accessory. That's why car designers have jobs and we're constantly mm-hmm. searching for the next shape for you to relate to, but it's kind of where things are going. That's why color trends are so mm-hmm. important. We went through the turquoise phase of the early 90s. Remember that? <laughs> That's you haven't seen that for a while, right? Yes, and I'm, we're better. We're all better <laughs> we're off. Better we're, off all, we're all doing far better as right. a result. Yes. Right. That's my point. But okay. things evolve. Things change. And then, ooh, I liked that thing out of you mm-hmm. know, bringing that styling cue back. There's a heritage kind of thing with the okay. Camaro. Right. And I'm right. you know, subtly influenced by that. Yeah, you can yeah, yeah. see subtle hints of stuff in the Mustang generations. And you still relate to it, but it's got lineage. Mm-hmm. A couple of the things here. I, I'm, I'm loving this. A couple of the things here, Tony. What's also happening here is your wife needs a car language. She doesn't have it right now. Mm-hmm. You, yeah. need to, you need to help her understand this thing you're responding to. And this comes back to the patterns thing. This thing you're responding to, you're responding to the styling, the seat design, the, uh, the center stack. What is the center stack? Sure. What is the IP, the instrument panel? What are these things? Yeah. So, so lang- and you don't have to have the official language. It's just the two of you need to establish a car language. I also think after you drive these cars and start figuring out pros and cons of the various cars, two other things need to be considered. How is she actually going to use this car? Because yeah, that's very important. Because the RC350, I'll go there. If the RC350 as a two-door with small back seats, it's a two plus two, 
But if 90% of her usage is kids are climbing in and out of this car, is that going to be an annoyance in six months? Well, Maybe not. Your usage as far as is it road trips? Is it commuting? Is it sports? Totally. Is it outdoor stuff? So, is it, what is so it? is it going – is it going to be – I'm back to the spectrum of sacrifice. Is there going to be something that she's willing to overlook the fact that whatever cars she's gravitating toward can't do it as well, but she likes that car enough? So think about how she's actually using it. So there's that question. And then the other thing is – and this is going to be theoretical, but as you get this car language and this pattern, I think here's great. Have her theoretically build her perfect car. Oh, that's interesting. Many you people know, have asked you and I to do this, by the I way. I know, but, using but, the pieces but from, and engines from and... the stuff she's driven. Oh, yeah. Just the stuff. And it has to be stuff you drive, not just sit in, in the parking lot absolutely. and think, that's cool, and absolutely. you imagine a car drives a certain way, and then it doesn't. Go, so go drive stuff. And then let's say you did six cars or eight cars. If she could pick and choose from those six or eight cars, what, what would be the perfect car for her? That's also going to inform you about, oh, you really do like that interior. That's mm-hmm. interesting. Okay. Oh, I didn't know you liked that feature that much. And it may surprise both of you when she realizes, I really want that thing out of that other car. Sure. I think eventually what you're going to happen is you're going to build a language here and you're going to build a pattern. I know I keep beating on that, but I think that's key for you to then start. Maybe you come back to us. I don't know. But for you guys then to go, okay, we're looking for these things because there will always be the weird shiny object in the parking lot. Yeah. That has the extra thing that has the stuff with a what is that now? Don't do that. Don't do that. Not yeah. in this situation because you'll get yourself overwhelmed. Absolutely. Hot, so cool hopefully thing. somehow we've navigated this. Tony, you and your wife, uh, I hope we've been helpful. Hope we're avoiding uh weird the, the weird <laughs> conversations that can turn into fights that come with it let's can. go buy a car. So let's not do that. Well, that's why subscription might be for you or leasing. Because if you want to yeah. keep a car for less time instead of buying because you do evolve or change, and maybe mm, the pattern is maybe. comes down to a car manufacturer, and you're liking where they're mm, going maybe. with their styling or their features or the power, whatever that is, and you want to chase that thread for a little bit, you become a customer, and you're leasing. I wonder, suddenly. with where you are in Florida, Tony, I wonder what the Turo situation is like. If you narrow it down to two good. or three cars, could you Turo those two or three cars for like three days each? That's a great idea, it, yeah. It, if you get to a place, and it's going to have, don't do it with eight cars. If you get to a place where you've got two or <laughs> three expensive. cars you're de- deciding between, that might be a really good way to go. Does this work in our life? And just put her in that car through Turo for two or three days just to be like, okay, let's just do the walkthrough. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that's, a, yep. that's a low cost of entry to try that out. Tony, thanks a million for writing in. And if you've got your own debate, if you have a debate, write mm-hmm. to us, everydaydrivertv at gmail.com. And go back to the website so you can sign up for the Utah meet and throw your hat in the ring for the Utah or the, the mini the raffle. The mini raffle, $10, yeah. 10 bucks a ticket. And uh, you can find the contact button underneath the About Us on the far right, top right, right there. You can write to us that way as well. Yep. Love to hear from you. What's for on your sure. mind, your car story, and, and uh, a little bit about your debate as well. But for now, we've got a break to take. We'll be right back. When you think of the things you do every day, maybe it's brushing your wheels to clean them, but brushing your teeth probably isn't top of your mind. For something that's so important to your health, and it should be, that's why Quip wants to help you brush better. Quip was called the best electric toothbrush by GQ and the Tesla of toothbrushes by Bloomberg. My son has a toothbrush with a timer on it. It makes Star Wars Darth Vader noises, and so he knows how long to brush. But you become an adult, and you just it's this subconscious thing you do. Quip's got a built-in timer. It actually vibrates and indicates when you need to change the size of your mouth. And it also tells you how long to brush so you get the dentist-recommended two minutes. 
I'm attracted to this just by the design alone. It's slim, it's slender. I really appreciate the design of this toothbrush. 75% of us don't refresh our bristles every three months, let alone visit the dentist every six months. Quip starts at just $25. And if you go to getquip.com slash driver right now, you'll get your first refill pack free with a Quip electric toothbrush. That's your first refill pack free at getquip.com slash driver. Let me spell that so we're clear. This is G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot com slash driver now. All right, this is a 30-second commercial, and I'm going to throw a lot of numbers at you. But please stay with me. In just 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on car insurance. This company's been offering great rates and great service for over 75 years. And anytime you need help, you can speak to one of their trained specialists 24-7. The company, you guessed it, is GEICO. Go to GEICO.com today. Hey, guys, I think I've mentioned this before, but I actually used to host a country music station. We have a new sponsor, it's Wrangler Jeans, and I read the copy and I thought, there's only one way to do this. Deep breath, Wrangler Jeans, you ready? Everybody has a favorite pair of jeans. The pair that fits perfectly and always looks great. The pair you wear out at night, at home, on the couch, at work, wherever. No one knows this better than Wrangler, the authority on jeans. Using their expertise in comfort and durability and applying it to a new line of modern fits and styles. Wrangler jeans are made for the modern-day adventurers, the go-getters, the folks who like to keep moving, whether you ride a bike, a bronc, a skateboard, or even drive a car. Classic or modern styles, a range of fits, a price that works for everyone. We've even got vintage re-releases. Wrangler has something for everybody. Visit Wrangler.com and check out their great selections of jeans, shirts, pants, outerwear, all for men and women. Wrangler. Denim made for the modern world. That was proper. Yeah. Technology Truths, brought to you by GEICO. Technology Truths. Truth, you will certainly send any text about your supervisor to your supervisor. What's with Janet's bangs? Did she lose a bet with a weed whacker? <laughs> LOL. And sent. Wait, no, 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 no. Truth, it's so easy to switch and save on car insurance at GEICO.com. Janet, I think my phone was hacked or something. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. If you love sports, you're going to love Revenge of the Jocks with Martellus Bennett. He's a Super Bowl champ, but he's more than just that. He talks about being creative, being an activist, being an overall culture shaper. He's not a one-trick pony. You can listen free to this show each week exclusively on Apple Podcasts, PodcastOne.com, and the Podcast One app. If you love the show, share with a friend and leave a rating and review for that one and this one. And in the world of self-improvement, you may also like the Dr. Drew show or how about the Jordan Harbinger show or even The Good Life, only on Podcast One. Peter writes to us from the Northeast U.S. with a debate about the perfect car for a vacation home. Mm -hmm. Later, we're going to be taking up a collection for the property tax on Peter's third <laughs> vacation house because, well... <laughs> Just kidding, Peter. Yeah, this is now the Vacation Home Podcast. <laughs> when you No, no, that's not right. Not so much. All right, so the situation here is that his folks have a farm not too far from where they live. Mm -hmm. We don't know exactly what town you live in, but you, you mentioned the Northeast, so we're thinking, all right, fair amount of weather, you yeah. know, all four yeah, seasons. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And his wife and he like to spend time up there on the weekends, especially during the summer, and yeah. he also has a Chevy SS, and that's what they like to drive to the farm. Mm -hmm. But they're looking for this extra car that she can drive around for errands, you know, all that kind of stuff on the farm. So he's got the Chevy SS. They're there. Mm -hmm. Imagine the scenario. 
It's got to be cheap. It's got to be under ten grand. Yep. Because this is the car that gets left at the farm. Yes. yes. This sits outside. Mm-hmm. Covercraft, my friend. Yes. I was coming back to that again. <laughs> For sure. No, absolutely. Now, his wife doesn't drive stick, so it's got to be an automatic. And he mm-hmm. says, I love her too much to try to teach her. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is where you have somebody else do the teaching. That was a minefield sentence right there. I do take, your point. I do right take your point. You're right. Absolutely. Yep. I keep stepping on that end of the rake. Mm-hmm. I don't understand. Yep. All right. So it's got to be maximally rust proof, as you said. I'm thinking Covercraft again, yep. and uh, something that is fairly reliable or just easy to get running again mm-hmm. after a long layoff, after a long time sitting outside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come back, turn the key. All right, so there's things that you can do to any car to mm-hmm. kind of winterize them, pull the battery, mm-hmm. you know, a few things. There's plenty of stuff in forums, online that you can go chase, but. Just the basics, definitely. I mean, look after your tires, mm-hmm. you know, where you park, all that kind of stuff. Put some stabilizer in the gas and pull the battery. And it's watch gonna out be a while. for mice and rats because they do like to go up under the hood and chew through wiring harnesses, especially that, on that Land Rovers. Awesome. There just you go. Yeah, just, know so, that. So no Land Rovers are recommended on this podcast. If there's new construction ne- next door, the bulldozer, the backhoe, actually upsets the nest, and then they go find places yes. and warm, and they chew through wiring harnesses that cost you $15,000 to replace. Or fifteen hundred. It's, it's almost like you're speaking from uh, from personal experience. But, I know, but so I know many. when there was construction across the street from my house, we suddenly uh-huh. got a lot more mice. Yep, so it I, I hear you. Yeah, it does happen. But here's the thing: if this car is going to be sitting, I mean, I, I get the impression this car sits for, for maybe months at a time, depending upon how long. You could. They're not expensive. You could sell a battery tender. You could pull the battery, set the yep. battery inside somewhere on a battery tender, let the car sit out there, maybe put some stabilizer in the gasoline, maybe, depending on, I don't know how long we're talking here, but I agree with you. The biggest thing I'm going to say for weather is the same thing you just said, and that is get a good, one of the really heavy-duty Covercraft covers. Yeah. Oh, they're awesome. And then, yeah. after you put it on, I've done this as well, because I have a lot of wind. I, apparently, you, you move somewhere where there isn't wind, and I'm 10 minutes away from you, and it's practically wind. wind all the time. Not like, uh, not, I'm like getting blown off <laughs> of, of, the, of the world here. It's like, you know, the, the three little pigs every day at my house. Starksville, you know, huh? Seriously, it's insane. Tumbleweeds yeah. rolling so, past. Somebody actually said to me at my house one time, do you have a living tree on your property? There's a lot of wind, okay? You have an aspen grove now. Not really. I have, like, aspen sticks. But anyway, they're trying to fight the wind. The point is, I have been able to actually keep the Covercraft cover on the Mini because I actually, I'm not kidding you, I tent staked it down. Because, because it of comes the rocks on top of the car. It, com- it comes with tent, eye holes no. on it, but yeah. you get one of the heavy duty ones, and it's got eye, you know little eye holes on it anyway. You can actually take tent stakes, tent stake it into the ground. I don't care how big that wind snowstorm is. That's actually underbody be cable awesome. to actually secure it to keep it on the car. I know you can, but but I te- I used it a tent stake. It was much better. It was much better. <laughs> of course, because it was. then it, because then it isn't flopping around at all in the car. I got it just to sit there perfectly. Is that a mini shaped tent? It is. Yes. Is there a car under there? Yes, it's got a little vestibule. It's awesome. <laughs> so anyway, that's what I would recommend to you because in kind of any car we put you in, you are going to have – it's just going to be nicer when you get there and unpack it. It's just going to be better. Yeah, for sure. All right, so he's saying that he knows a regular whatever five-year-old economy car would be fine, but he'd like to go older and get some real fun and pleasure out of this. No kids, no beasts, as he says. No, no luggage-intensive hobbies like golf. Like it. Or skiing or snowboarding. Stand-up paddleboarding. Stand-up paddleboarding is up there. Bikes. Yeah. On we go, yeah. He says size is not important, but I get the idea, Peter, that you're probably going to want to drive this car. Whatever she gets, probably, you're yeah. probably going to want to take a spin or maybe steal it and give her the Chevy SS. 
I mean, heck, Tony's wife wants the yeah, but that, that that headed down wrong pathways for Tony, and then we're going to have the well, same true. debate here. But anyway, onward, yeah. All right, so he says I've got the Chevy SS, which is the daily mm-hmm. Mark Seven Golf R, full track car, not streetable. <laughs> Holy moly! Want to come to the Utah meetup? Drive out Craziness, here in that yeah. thing. Well, you'd have to trail it. Not streetable, yeah. yeah. Pull that behind the Chevy SS, and we will shake your hand, my friend. <laughs> no yeah, getting 95 Porsche 968 being semi-restored, mm-hmm. and a 1987 951, the Project Future track car, which sounds lovely. Yes, we, don't, we aren't at a loss for fun, fun cars for no fun drives. No kidding. This he is also, the other end of the spectrum. He also had an LS Swap 944, B5 generation Audi S4, 1986 Toyota Cressida Wagon, Perhaps the best car I've ever owned because it was the reliable partner to the 944. I had a friend with with that Holy car cow. in L.A. and it just ran until the day it got stolen. Then he didn't have any more. And it probably and still it, running. It with ran the for whoever stole it. Probably it. still ran for them. Yes, right. but yeah, all they did was run. Yeah, Perfect. For sure. And then when they needed two cars, they've got the Mark Seven or had the Mark Seven GTI. So I came up with well, three cars and a not serious throw caution to the win wild card for you, Peter. Okay. I came up with three as well. Yeah. Okay. So this is ascending order of cargo usefulness. Okay. All right. Like it. Keep in mind, this is the extra car for the farm. Just yeah. farm car. It's going sit, to sit around at the farm and then get used now and then. Third generation NC Miata <laughs> MX-5 <laughs> with an automatic transmission. Sure. Okay. This is the run into town. This is the grocery getter. This is the okay. fun car. Yeah. All right. Cruise around. Anything that is in the $10,000 range for that car, there's gobs of them for sale. Yeah. Perfect, automatic, fun. You might be able to find a hard top. It'll yeah. sit outside and it'll perk up when it sees yeah. you coming back. And it'll probably just start. And you're right. It, what it has to do is run. And we don't, probably we don't, we don't hear run. that this is down some nasty back road thing. So that I, could, I see where you are. It becomes the fun little <laughs> vacation car to go with the fun little vacation farm. I see it. Okay. All right. However... If you have cargo needs. Yes. I found you a 2003 Lexus IS300. Okay. Sport Cross, which is the wagon version of that. Yeah, that's good. Automatic for just under 10 grand. That's a cool car. Low miles. It's a rare car. It's rare. You can throw... Anything. If you mm-hmm. do take up the dog or anything that requires you now know, you luggage. Now you can get an intensive sport. And I yeah. like those IS300s because you could chuck them around. They're small little four doors. They feel really good, yeah. And I mean, especially with a manual, but you can get them in the automatic. Yeah, of course you can. And they're fun, under ten grand. And again, you can probably see where I was going with this. With the Japanese, it'll sit there. Reliability. reliability yeah. It's just yeah, yeah. gonna run. Mm-hmm. Is what I like I'm thinking. It. I like it. I was also thinking about any Jeep Wrangler. I mean, doesn't every vacation oh, home sure. have a Jeep Wrangler parked yeah, in the garage? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Bomb around in the Jeep Wrangler. Yeah. Ten grand, as much. Go get Jeep one. Wrangler as Go you can one. afford for ten yeah, grand for sure. For Done. Sure. Yeah, she probably wouldn't care. Automatic. And, and if that one rusts, you also don't care about that. And that thing. Now Jeep Wrangler just, would rust. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Pull the battery. It'll start up. It'll probably be fine. Doors, no there. doors. Whatever. Yeah. A farm needs a Jeep Wrangler. Does I, it not? I do like this. I do like this for sure. And then, as I said, my very much not serious throw caution to the wind wild card. Okay. Is a 1984 Subaru Brat with the cool <laughs> rear-facing jump seats yes, and the jet and, fighter and, and grips. And the handles, yep. Peter, you can jump stuff with this car. <laughs> Just to say you did. You can rediscover your inner high school idiocy with your wife by your side. Yes. You guys can go tearing through miles of farmland yes. 
and then laugh your pants off, and then you might even go cow tipping <laughs> if you're lucky. And she looks at you and says, "I both love and hate you." Yes, yeah, totally. That'd be a fantastic super brat. Yeah. It's useful, fun, brat. interesting. It's got the jet fighter handle grips and the which jump no seats. no one ever needed, but it's got jump seats, which that everyone needs. The Subaru brat. Come on, I, I hear you. And they're actually all these Subaru commercials are now sort of like the the legacy heritage. You keep the cars for a long time, and you grow with the cars. I'm giving you gold here, Subaru. Yeah. This is your next commercial. I love I love that you keep going, uh, didn't you guys make the brat? That, exactly. that's, that's what I really like about you in the background Let's of that Let's throw discussion. an LS-swapped brat together. An LS-swapped brat. Come on. Brat. What, what he clearly needs, Peter does not need another project car. It's the Japanese El Camino. But uh, It's the, the tiny little... The Japanese El Camino. <laughs> it kind of is. That's both brilliant and horrible. Burnouts all like crazy. It's funny. What other kind of pseudo pickup truck has jump seats in back without seatbelts? Yeah, <laughs> that was a fantastic marketing meeting right there. I really like that. What could possibly go wrong? It's gonna be fine. Go cow tipping in your. Subaru. I I love that. I really do. Okay, I have uh, <laughs> I have three very different full cars. of memories. I You'll did stay with cars. Together. I just thought about cars that I think will run, and will be somewhat fun to drive. Okay, I'm gonna start with maybe an obvious one, and that is the Mazda three. Get mm-hmm. yourself I yeah. mean, with ten grand. Take your pick. Get and yourself that's the kind of box that he was saying. You know, it'd probably just. Be parked. And yeah, but blah. but you know what? They're decent to drive. This is They're the thing great, about actually. it. They're decent yeah. to drive. The interiors are nice. Get the newest one you can find. It's just going to run. It's going to be fine. It's a perfectly usable, it, and I mean this in a, as a good thing in this scenario. It is a perfectly usable appliance car because that's yeah. kind of what you need here. You're needing the the old reliable car. The Mazda three is going to be that and still fun. I mean, do you turn the insurance off when you arrive or turn it back on when you arrive and then, <laughs> all right. switch. Funny. So there's <laughs> that. Uh, then I had two others that I think are higher up on the fun scale. I think both of them are worthwhile. You should drive the, uh, what is it, the 0304 to 08 or so Acura TL. That's a great car. Yeah, fun. It's kind of a timeless design. It's, it's pretty quick. Uh, it actually is a really well-handling front-wheel drive. It is a decent-sized sedan. It's not as big as your SS, but it's close. Pre-rhinoplasty. Yes, that's exactly. It's the really good-looking one. Mm-hmm. And those cars are out there still running. You know, the 200,000-mile ones are still running, okay? I mean, it's kind of Crazy. a Honda Accord, but better, okay? <laughs> so It's like a Honda Accord, better. And, and I like the Accord, but you see what I'm They're saying here. Yeah. So Acura TL from the early 2000s, look into those. I think that would really work. And then I have to go here as well. I haven't brought it up in a while. The Sabaru. Uh, hang on. By the way, I'm going to do a public service announcement if you're listening and you haven't listened before. I did not just mispronounce Subaru. Yes, Every time I yes. say this, we get an email, okay? Uh, what was the word you just exactly. said? Exactly. 0506. GM owned 25% of Subaru. Uh-huh. They had done market research on what is the problem with this Saab brand we own. And the market research had come back. If we have an entry-level all-wheel drive wagon, that will sell for Saab. And GM went, we don't want to take five years to do that. Hey, Subaru, you're going to make us one. So for 05 and 06, it is the Subaru WRX of that generation in a Saab redesigned suit. Yeah, it is the car that is the most, I guess, sort of cobbled together. I mean, you you open the hood. It's built by Fuji Heavy Industries. It's, It's a Subaru. It says Saab on the outside and has Subaru parts all over it. Yes, I had one, and I loved it. I genuinely loved it. It was a great, great car. They're, They're great. reliable. If yeah. you want to service it, it is a Subaru WRX underneath. 
Yeah. You can get them yeah. in automatic. They are genuinely more fun in the manual, but you can get them in automatic. They are cheap. It, it is an automatic, and it is not a uh, it is not a CVT. It is an actual automatic. The, <laughs> There's gears in there. The Arrow, which is the which is the turbo, which is what I would recommend you get. You can get that in the automatic, and those are cheaper. And they're generally cheaper than a WRX, which means you are definitely under ten grand here. I had mine to a hundred and what was it, sixty something thousand miles, and it just ran. It was great. Yeah. yeah. So I think the Sabru is a really good contender here because I think you will enjoy the enthusiast aspects, and it is just a park it in the rain. It's your wagon. Drive it when you get here. You parked yours outside in the winter for a long time. I did, and it was fact. great. Yeah. It was great. So this is my recommendation for you. Hopefully something there is helpful. Uh, you and I were all over the map. I like your Wrangler idea a lot, by the way. Doesn't a farm need a Wrangler? Done done but hey a sabaru nobody's going to know what it is and you're going to have fun driving that's true done. you can tear through cornfields in a sabaru too yes you could yes it's it, it's a subaru it's I mean, a subaru people WRX, will think you're high school better. punks but you know it's your own farm so yeah. nobody's going to do anything but yeah it'd be high school punks how often do you get to do that without consequences you really <laughs> don't in a consequence-free environment this is the thing. if you act like a high school punk on your own <laughs> land while you're an adult that's just good news exactly that's that's the best way Sounds to do like that a saturday afternoon exactly yeah, we, we have great recommendations for all of the adults <laughs> listening to us right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. All right. Questions. We've got to jump to these. Yeah. Ryan R. on Facebook asked about the Plymouth Prowler. Do you remember this car when we, yes, we went through the phase yes, of retro styling? Everybody went retro. Yeah. Now, he said, if this would have had a V8 engine and a manual transmission, would it have garnered more respect from enthusiasts? And I contend, Ryan, I will say Yes. Keep in mm-hmm. mind that the Prowler was an offshoot of Chip Foose's senior thesis at Art Center. Now, Chip, I had him for yeah, yeah. eighth term car design class, essentially the, the eighth term studio class, along with a guy named Danny Ellis, who used to be an exterior stylist for Subaru in L.A. Hmm. at the, at the hmm. Subaru Design Center. And so those two guys co-taught the class, and that was the only class, to my knowledge, Chip has ever taught. Yeah, And so that... Plymouth Prowler project was kind of cribbed from Chip's, I think, 1992 senior project, senior thesis. Of course, that looked great. And then there was this trend at Art Center for a while where everybody kind of did hot rods and they came up with electric hot rods (laughs) and all this stuff. And it was kind of like, stop it. Stop it with the hot rods. Stop it with the retro. Yeah. I think the bumpers killed it, but I think everybody there thought, hey, the Viper was the resurgence of the thing, of the Cobra, whatever it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we could do the same thing with, you know, a sort mm-hmm. of hot rod. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I'll say government regulations got involved. Safety. Bumpers. Yeah. Safety, schmafety. But but that's the thing. The stuff, that design is a classic uh, example of the concept car is amazing, but now we got to make it real. And that yeah. runs into all these regulations yeah. that keep watering it down. That is a huge problem. And then, oh, the styling, well, the, only the V6 really fits. We'd have to do other things to make yeah. the V8 fit. and. On and on and on, compromise after compromise, and I think it could have been really cool. Honestly, mm-hmm. I met the guys in the design team when yeah. they had their Chrysler Pacifica studio just mm. north of San Diego in Carlsbad. Yeah, it could have been cool, but yes, it would have been more respected to this day, and could have been even started to be kind of collector worthy. But no, it had to have a V six. <laughs> like you can hear the clown music, right? Like kind of faintly, kind of. Uh, Matthew wrote it on Facebook and said. Uh, should you avoid, with in, the, in terms of cars, should you avoid meeting your hero? Mm, yeah, that's a good question. He's saying his dream car is the Dodge Viper, and it's almost in his budget. And so he's going, do I drive one? Or 
I've heard there are a handful. I've heard they're not great. Should I drive one or should I just (laughs) avoid it and leave it on a pedestal as a car that I think is awesome? Matthew, I, I think... I personally think the meeting your hero thing, it, it, it's, it's dangerous. It varies person to person. I think it's much more problematic with people than it is with cars. Because sure, sure. cars, I know this sounds weird. If, if you meet somebody that you really respect and they turn out to be a jerk, that's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking because you yeah, just think. It destroys you, everything uh, But thought about them. But here's the thing. Cars, unlike people, are moment in time objects. Hopefully, the people around you were all. Hopefully, we're all trying to get a little bit better than we were last week. Hopefully. Ideally, and you would think if you're still living and breathing, hopefully you are progressing as a human. Hopefully, you are. <laughs> uh, and so that's why I think when somebody is worse than you think they are, it's disappointing because you're just like, how how are you walking through the world and you're not right? A this image person you've projected this? it doesn't line up with. That's what too bad you, when that happens. Yeah, but a car. I'll give you the, the extreme example: the Lamborghini Countach. Mm is not a great car to drive. And I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. I, I thoroughly loved driving. Yeah, if I had a 10-car garage and I could afford a Countach, I'd put a Countach in it. Would I drive it often? Not really. Would I laugh every time I did? Probably. And would people look at you and yeah. mob you and ask you if that's the new Ferrari? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So I, I think, here's the thing. I think, Matthew, if you're interested in the Viper, you need to go drive one. I don't think that means you will buy one. I say go go into that opportunity and drive it without bias. I've had the opportunity to drive this car I've always dreamed about. Now, do I really want it or not? Can he set that aside for the drive and then let it creep back in? At what point do you let it back in? No, I, I after think, a post drive. I think, I think of thing? drive it and just drive it and enjoy it and just take in the experience. Sure. I think seek sure. that opportunity out. And then have a conversation with yourself afterward about, okay, I've had that experience now. Now, because I've driven other things, because of how I use my life, do I really want this car? Mm-hmm. And I think that's okay. And if it, if it disappoints you, I, I submit to you, if it disappoints you, it's only because you as a person that needs certain things out of a car, you and technology have both progressed past it. This is the problem with the Countach. Sure, sure. You sit in a Countach, you have all the classic issues. It's not reliable. The visibility <laughs> is terrible. Beyond It's terrible. hot. The windows don't work. The technology might work. And by the way, why are my feet to the right? <laughs> my upper body yeah. is facing straight. Why are my feet to the right? I'm actually contorted sitting here. All of these things have been fixed in modern supercars. Right. If right. supercars were still like this, none of that stuff would dawn on you. So supercars progress and get into a McLaren and realize I could drive this doing everything. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's okay that stuff's moved on. So I think it's the same reason people buy classic Mustangs or classic Camaros or whatever. They want that experience, right, not right. a modern experience. Go in and like the Viper for what it is and then think about do you like it? Do you want it? You'll still like it, I think, but do you want it? I like that. Excellent. Uh, there's a question over here from Carlos S. on Facebook that is pretty much bait that I took. I, I couldn't help myself. Okay. He asked if you had a three-car collection based solely on engines. Oh. And he gives an example. E92 M3 with the V8. Okay. And also where they're located. All right. Okay. Mm -hmm. Mid, front, rear engine cars. Yes. Not a whole lot of modern rear engine cars in the market. (laughs) I can think of one. Yes, you can. What would that collection be? And, Carlos, I started with the foregone conclusion sort of collection. All right. All right. BMW M2 for the front engine. Okay. I mean, come on. Yeah. Inline six, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. 
you rev it to the moon. My current Cayman mid-engine, the GTS, I love that car. And I would also say a 911T rear engine. But let's mm. put that foregone conclusion aside and really do <laughs> okay. it. All right. And I would go for the Mustang GT350R for the front engine. That's up there as far as just a front Holy engine. Holy moly. Celebration, for lack of a better way to put it. Yeah. McLaren 720S for the mid-engine screamer. That's awesome. And I have a serious desire for a 1987 Porsche 959. That is not a 911, by the way. Okay. All right. I'll give it to you. That is not. You're you're splitting the onion thin. I I know. I'm dicing the radish up pretty finely here. Wow. It's a radish today. It's it's all vegetables. We're we're very chef confused. All right. Can you imagine that garage? Yeah. I serious desire for 959 lately <laughs> there oh my gosh i'm all over those do. cars magnesium wheels I, magnesium center lock wheels i love that com. that's where you keep going yeah oh my god i'm sure that url is available i'm uh, sure it is so dammy wrote in on facebook you ask an interesting question i want to kind of go on a little bit of a rant about this but so brace yourself dammy's question is okay he's fearing that there's a big downturn in the stock market coming that could wipe out his retirement savings <laughs> Instead of having let the, letting that happen and watching the money walk out the door, should he just go buy his dream car now and enjoy himself? And when he gets old, just wing it. Just hope that something happens. <laughs> Dammy, look, 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 first off. Wrong podcast to write into about exactly. money management. That is problem one. Not us. That is problem one because we're going to tell you blow the money. But, but Dammy, I'm going to pose a, a larger question here. Ode to blowing money. Let Seriously. me tell you the ways. Turbochargers, V12s. <laughs> exactly. Let's just th- – I, I, we can spend your money. We can spend your money. Oh, my god! I really like those seats. Those seats would be in my car. Oh, look, there's a track day this weekend. I could get this done, okay, Dammy? Oh, I, man. You come to the right or wrong place. Yeah. Anyway, but, but here's – I want to make a larger point here, though. I am not in any way a financial person to recommend any kind of good financial thinking. <laughs> but here is the counterpoint. I have known a few people, and I'm old enough now that I I feel like they're not that far away as far as these stories are concerned. I've known a few people who did everything right financially. They did it very well. Okay. But something unexpected happened, and their life was over before they were tired, and they were gone. Hmm. Yeah. So, okay, you were doing it all right. You were saving it for the, the down there, the off one day, and you never got there. Yeah. Yeah. I think you have to weigh the reality of the fact that you're young and healthy and capable currently. You have to weigh that against the reality of at some point I'm going to be old and not able to work and will still need money. Both of those factors theoretically will be a reality in your life. But I really struggle. I think about this as a father. I think about this with a son who's nine. I think about this as a guy that is still healthy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Would I enjoy taking a trip to Europe right now at my current age more than I would when I'm 80? Yes, I probably would. Sure, sure. Okay? So, I mean, this is the thing. Most people do these kind of trips after they retire, they spend their retirement savings, and I get that. But would you have enjoyed that trip better at 35? It's debatable. Are you going to want to go drive a car that you love that you can – I'll go to the Lotus. When I'm 80, I will not be able to get in the Lotus Elise. Well, maybe. Uh, well, I, we'll see. We'll see. Maybe I'll surprise myself, but but, might but I also but I also may not want to. Is the other oh, part? True. Of it. I might be like, true. you know what? It's just not worth the trouble. What you're speaking to is some kind of balance. Yes, yes, yes. And so, introducing that, you can't go one way or the other. Yeah. You can't. I'm just going to save my money for the rest of, and never have any fun mm-hmm. and never do anything. So, so my question for you, Dammy, is how much is your dream car, and is there a halfway point? Wow, 
So that's that's my recommendation to you, just to try to balance out. Let's have some fun currently because you don't know about tomorrow. I, I don't mean that to sound dark, but that's the reality. Hmm. All right. Well, there's a question over here from Scott B. Facebook. Is He's um, setting up a drive, a group drive on some great back roads near where he's at. And he says, you know, how much time or distance do you think is ideal to plan? And he's thinking two hours with a short break in the middle. Well, as a matter of fact, you and I have done this a fair amount mm-hmm, with mm-hmm. a coffee club group of guys here and just you and I, you know, group of friends, that kind of thing. Yeah. I would say a destination is always good. Mm-hmm. And usually it involves food. Yeah, that's a great way to go. So if you've got, okay, maybe it's an hour, hour and a half, two hours mm-hmm. could be a bit long. If you don't have food destination, I do like your plan of breaking that up in the middle. Yeah. But if you've got a destination where people can go to and that's our goal mm-hmm. to eat, relax, and then people can scatter from there wherever Agreed. they're going Agreed. from that location, yep. Yep. I think that's the better way to go rather yep. than, all right, we've taken a break and oh, we've got a whole nother hour of driving. Yeah. And maybe you're thinking up you know, and then back. So yeah, the, an hour to a destination restaurant and an hour back is great. That's great. Yeah. But usually after the drive is over and after people are full and mm-hmm, they're mm-hmm. relaxed and hey, you know, you're sort of recapping the drive and everything that just happened over mm-hmm. a good meal. Well, then people are just going to want to scatter after that and Some move degree. on with their day yeah. and be Some like, degree. okay, great. Thank you. That was awesome. Next time. And I also think it, it varies on how many people and what's their car obsession level. Because if True. you want to have a, if you're dealing with a decent sized group, I'm just going to say 15 cars, okay? Anything more than 10, but let's just say 15 cars. Sure. So we had 15 cars on our PCH drive last yeah, uh, right, year at Laguna, right. which was amazing. It was really awesome. If you're dealing with that kind of level, I think you've got about an hour before some people just start timing out. Maybe 90 minutes before mm-hmm. people start timing out. Yeah. If you've got, if you want to go hardcore, you've got like an all day adventure you want to do, expect two or three cars because that's the people that when it all comes down to it, they're going to have the schedule time, be it the babysitter or the I have to mow the lawn or the whatever, that they can mm-hmm. take the entire day. Plus, they're going to be happy to sit in the car the entire day. So how big a group are you dealing with and how many people do you want to have come? If it's a bigger group, keep it shorter. If you want to go hardcore, expect to just have two or three people come and have a blast. But I do think the destination thing is great, especially if it's food. Yeah, agreed. Absolutely. All right, so what else did you find on here? Uh, Brian D.Y. on Instagram asked a question. I'm still pondering. What's the most meaningful experience you had in a car before Everyday Driver and since? Hmm, most of mine involve girls. Easy, actually. This is still a family podcast. <laughs> um, <laughs> be very careful. Or, <laughs> yes. Moving on. Yes, ear, earmuffs. Or, or I'll just say women. And, uh, anyway, yes. Okay. <clears throat> All right, we're moving forward. Uh, no, but But for me personally, look, uh, I had a lot of marginal cars, and then I got that 300ZX. And before we started the show, the year before we started the show, or actually, I should be more honest, the year, the same year we started the show, but we were just like talking about it and shooting things that weren't very good. My wife and I did a PCH trip. We went from LA all the way to Carmel. I remember when you did the this. the 300ZX. That's pretty cool. And we spent most, and we, and we did it over a couple of days. By the way, that is a drive you can easily do in a day. We did it in two days. Yeah, so we did right. like 150 miles a day, which is nothing. Lots of stopping, lots of looking at gorgeous locations, lots of looking at my gorgeous wife. It was awesome. I was in my great car. It was, it was a great experience. Done. The road is beautiful. Uh, the company was great. I loved the scenery. It was a really fun experience. And it was, it was the, the first time in my life I had taken a road trip for the sake of the road trip versus having a destination. 
that frees you up to stop and look and yes. take your time and yes. meander and all that stuff. And loving the car was in at the time. So that was the, the big one before the show. The big one since the show, one of them, and I want to touch on kind of quickly, was when we did our first feature film. It was 50 Years of the 9-11, and the opportunity to just drive all those cars was immense. Even not being a Porsche guy, just, I, kinda, I had a lot of moments that first day where I thought, I'm really getting to do this, but I can top it. Really? Really? When we did our pilgrimage trip, you and I first went to the Ring and Spa. We went to shoot our feature film, Pilgrimage. Now, that's what started all the trips since then. Mm-hmm. It just so happened that when we went, the, the week or so we were there was over my birthday. Yeah. And, it, and, yeah. and I'm, a, I'm a guy, I mean, a lot of people do this, but I've been dedicated to this as an adult. When I was a kid growing up, I had that thing that, we, that all kids do, I think, where it's like, it's my birthday today and I have to go to school or whatever. Yeah, sure. When I became an adult, I realized, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I have personal days. I have vacation days. I'm not going to go to work on my birthday anymore. <laughs> and, and for the last, honestly, for the last like 10 or 15 years, I have not worked on my birthday. It I think it's important. be a Wednesday. I don't care. I will not be here that day. I just refuse to come in. Because hey. I figured I'm an adult. I'm in charge of my own life. I'm, you're not going to see me that day. And I don't want to pay bills either. So anyway, but we're in, uh, we're in Europe shooting the pilgrimage film and it just so happened with the way that that the shoot schedule of that film is much weirder than you would ever get the impression watching yeah. the film yeah, it's we crazy. were all over the place we were back and forth the locations multiple times but it just so happened that my birthday i drove on spa in the morning starting in the rain that was in the cool. afternoon yeah. it was sunny and then that night we were back at the ring in the gt3 that's right. That just that the way it was worked. my birthday. That's right. Yeah. And I remember at some point while driving the GT3, I thought, this is really up there as far as life experience in general and birthdays in specific. I cannot believe this is happening right now. So those are my two. Okay, I've got one last question. I've been debating about which which questions to get to, guys. Thank you so much. They're really great. Zwe on Instagram asked if we watch or read reviews on cars we haven't driven. Mm-hmm. Or do you think that reading or seeing someone else's review will influence or spoil our own opinions? Or mm, will mm. we end up saying, oh, something similar because we just agree with mm. that reviewer? Mm. I'm very mixed about this. And it has a lot to do with my design background and going to art school and mm. not really want, wanting to be influenced by everybody else's designs. Wanting to focus on my own thinking, my own concept, sure, my sure, own sure. originality, yeah. whatever that is. So it's... It's difficult to get away from, but of course you need good scrap. You need good, uh, I guess, things that influence whatever that is from a design perspective. And that's why a lot of people turn to natural shapes, things in nature, organic forms, all that kind of thinking, which, you know, you're pulling stuff from nature to influence your art and your design and your thinking. There's so, so much cool stuff that's been Mm -hmm. explored and still can be, but then over here, I want to know stats and specs and things upcoming. Mm-hmm. And we're doing our own research about, hey, the car's upcoming that we're going to be driving and reviewing. Well, of yeah. course, I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm going to watch everything I can possibly get my hands on. So I'm very, I'm very mixed. I don't want to watch stuff for the sake of I want to keep my my own initial thoughts very fresh. And it's like mm-hmm. you've talked about actors. The director might use that first take, even though it's a little bit flubbed and a little bit raw, but that was the real take. Sometimes, yeah. yeah, yeah. Not all the time. Yeah, yeah, using it as point. a loose example. No, I see, I see what you're saying. Versus the 54th take yeah. that's polished and smooth and perfect, but it's kind of fake because, you mm. know, mm. you see what I mean? So I'm, I'm very mixed. I go back and forth, and it's just because of 
you know, wanting own originality, my own, to nurture my own thoughts about it. But then, well, I need to know about the car. What am I getting into? We need yeah. to research this. So it's over time has evolved into, into our ability to read and review and watch and then separate that, mm-hmm. go drive and think, okay, if I agreed with him, great. If I didn't, fine. Yeah. But here's my own thinking about it. Yeah, I try, I try to not watch other people's stuff prior to driving a car. Unless it's something that I know, look, I may drive that a year from now, so I'm just going to go ahead and watch it. But if I know a review is coming up, I try to not watch very much. I will try to read at least one article by somebody that I trust. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Because even if it's somebody I trust that I don't always agree with, I actually prefer that. Somebody that I, I know who they are as a writer... And sure. I'm going to read, but I don't always agree with with their takeaways. I find that interesting because it gets me thinking about these are the the elements, be it the handling or the power, or whatever. These are the elements that they focused on while they drove the car. So then I will go in, going, are those the important elements or not? And they may not be. You, exactly. you focused on a point that I think is irrelevant yeah. about yeah, the yeah. car, and that stuck out to you. You know, that's interesting. I find it interesting to read people, you know, articles that I like where I'm. I'm and people that I, I really think are great writers and really good drivers to see the things that stood out to them because that makes me go, are those the talking points or not? Right. It's right. interesting. Holy cow, we've got to end this podcast because it is going long, but guys, We're into hour two. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> can you imagine? We've never done a two-hour podcast. No, nor, nor should we. I think uh, that would that would, hor- it some, would Somewhere in the middle of the easily. second hour, either we would pass out or the audience would. I'm not sure which way that would go, yeah. Wow. Okay, guys, thank you for writing your questions. Please keep keep them coming, I will mm-hmm, say. For sure. And keep the car debates coming as well. We're looking forward to next time. There's so much coming at you. And don't forget, Amazon Prime, it is dropping the first mm-hmm. first two episodes. First two episodes. You can now catch Vimeo. those, Vimeo and Amazon Prime. So go look at those. Let us know what you think. Looking forward to hearing your reactions. Cheers, guys. Technology Truths, brought to you by GEICO. Technology Truths. Truth, you will certainly send any text about your supervisor to your supervisor. What's with Janet's bangs? Did she lose a bet with a weed whacker? <laughs> LOL. And sent. Wait, no, 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 no. Truth, it's so easy to switch and save on car insurance at GEICO.com. Janet, I think my phone was hacked or something. GEICO, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. ADT can design and install a smart home just for you, backed by 24-7 protection. A new smart home at your service, customized for your lifestyle. Set up custom automations unique to your home to automatically do the things like lock the doors or set the thermostat when you leave. Even close your garage door from virtually anywhere. ADT will set up your home with multiple smart home devices and security features like indoor and outdoor cameras, locks, lights, and garage door control, even video doorbells. Visit ADT.com slash podcasts to learn more about how ADT can design and install a secure smart home just for you.